welcome aboard Just Jets with your captain, Matt O'Leary. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to episode number 88 of Just Jets. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of the monologue at the front, I'm doing an interview. I'm talking with Jake Asman. I'm sure you know who he is if you're on Jets YouTube. We'll get into a conversation of our thoughts so far on the year and previewing this upcoming week in the second half of the season. But before all of that, and we'll get to your voicemails too. Don't you worry. We'll get to the voicemails. We always do. Before all of that, just wanted to say, do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? I don't know. I can't think of anything spookier. Well, apparently it's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar. We all could use that. Join the 2 million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with my promo code JETS20. You can get yourself the performance package 4.0 with the lawnmower 4.0, or maybe you want a little weed whacker action for nose and ear hair trimmer. The cologne's a fan fave. Whatever you need, check it out. Free shipping, promo code Jets 20 for 20% off as well. So let's do it. We're going to start with the conversation with Jake Asman and then get to your voicemails. Here he is. All right. I'd like to welcome on Jake Asman. He is the host of Sports Map Radio, of the Jake Asman Show on Sports Map Radio, the wheelhouse on ESPN Houston. And I'm sure you know him from his coverage of the Jets on YouTube. Jake, how's it going, my man? Matt, appreciate you having me, man. It was good to see you in person a couple of weeks back, and great to be back on the show here. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to have you on, and uh, figured it was a good time coming out of the bye week. So, Jets headed into the bye at 1-4, and four. and first thing I wanted to know from you is, has this team met, exceeded, missed your expectations? Where are you at so far? I think overall, they're kind of where I thought they would be. Now, it's been ugly at times, right? Like, you, you, excuse me, you'd, you'd want to see – more wins than just one so far, especially because there's been some winnable games that they played. But if it, I think if you look at the big picture and you say to a Jet fan, all right, you'd be one and four at the bye. What would be your reaction? I don't know there'd be that many that'd be shocked, right? They would say, no way, that's impossible. So I think from that perspective, they're maybe where we thought they would be. You know, that being said, there've been some moments here where you could say, well, maybe they could have an extra win or two, depending on if certain things went their way in some of these games. So you know, I, I think how they come out post bye week and we got to see a team that's playing a lot better towards the end of the year than what they are right now. That will kind of determine every Jet fan's thought on the direction this team's going. But, you know, through five games, you, know, you have a rookie quarterback, a rookie coach, a rookie OC, youngest roster in the NFL. I don't know if we could sit here and be pounding sand that this team's one and four to start the year. No, absolutely. And you mentioned it right there. They do have a rookie quarterback. So based on what we've seen so far, has your stance or opinion on him changed? Or is this about what you expected? Yeah, I, I still think Zach Wilson's going to be a really good player. I, I, I've said that from day one. This is the guy that I wanted them to take with that second pick. You know, I understood the argument for Fields. I understood there were some Mac Jones fans. Uh, but that being said, I, I think Zach Wilson's got all the physical traits to be really great. And I think he's got the right temperament, the right mentality to play quarterback in New York. And I think that's important when you're talking about you know, the New York media, the pressure, the expectations of playing in that market. I think he has that. Uh, the big thing for him is just going to be experience and learning from some of the mistakes that he's made. And, and we've seen the flashes of greatness. Like you don't win rookie of the year by accident. That Titans game, you turn on the film and there were some throws that very few quarterbacks in the NFL can make. So I think we as Jeff fans just got to be very patient with his development. I think he is in a much better position to have success with this team than Sam Darnold ever was in any of his three years. So there's going to be some highs. There's going to be some lows. But I fully expect to see Zach Wilson get better as the year goes on. Like I don't think we're going to see another four-interception game against New England on Sunday. I think that was the extreme. That was the outlier. And I think now we're going to see a kid – that's going to, you know, hopefully grow throughout the course of the year. And, you know, as he continues to grow, it's going to be on the Jets to continue to surround him with talent, proper coaching, so they can maximize his ability. Because there's very few players that have the ability he does, which is why they took him second overall in the first place. Now, turnovers have been a little bit of an issue there with him. Do you want him to change kind of how he's played so far? Or are you kind of okay with him taking the chances? 
I actually think you should take more chances downfield. I think some of the play calling has restricted, you know, the, the Jets opportunities to make some explosive plays, specifically in the first half, like first quarter, take some shots downfield. Like the Jets in that Titans game discovered that if you throw deep, sometimes you get a penalty. You know, you don't even need the completion. You know, sometimes the opponent will will interfere with your offensive player, and that's called passing interference, Jet fans. So we, we're not used to that, but we saw that in the Tennessee game. So it'd be nice to see them take a couple more shots downfield. Where Zach has had trouble is just some of the easy stuff, which I think he's got to clean up. I think that's maybe mental. He's even talked about this, that he's, that he's kind of like he, he's like throwing it too tight. He's thinking too much. He needs to just play football and get the ball out quick and go through the progression and just take off from there. I, I think that comes with experience. I'm hoping during this bye week the Jets could figure out whatever the issues are in the first half of these games and they come out this week and they, and they play a lot better offensively because they cannot continue to go down in these halves. You can't truck 20 to 3 to the Atlanta freaking Falcons in London. That just that cannot be a thing that happens here, right? So uh, I think Zach's got to clean up some of the simple stuff, but he's a rookie, and I think he will. We've seen too much talent and too much potential so far to think that he's not going to be any good, that he's always going to be this. I just don't buy that. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking on the offense, they've obviously started a little bit slow. Um, they're averaging, I think, 13.4 points per game, which is just insane in 2021. Uh, what have you thought of the usage of some of these guys? It's been a huge story so far, like Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, for example. And what would you change in the second half of the season here? Yeah, you, you hit him, Matt. I mean, I would use more Elijah Moore, pun intended. I would play Denzel Mims. I don't care if he doesn't know all the routes. We'll put him out there in the routes he does know. He's an explosive player. And when he's been throwing the ball this year, it's not a coincidence that the guy has gone out there and made a handful of big plays. But I think Moore's the key for this offense. I, I really hope after the bye week they find a way – to get him more involved. I don't think you could dominate training camp and have all the hype and expectations that he did and then all of a sudden do nothing through five games of the season. I think they need to do a better job getting him the ball. Now, some of that could simply be, well, if they trade Jamison Crowder or Keelan Cole at the deadline, that could open up a spot for uh, more Elijah Moore. But I don't know if it should even come to that. I think you got to just find a way to get Elijah Moore on this field, use him in the slot more. I don't want to hear, oh, well, him and Crowder play the same position. Figure it out. A good offensive coordinators could find a way to get more than one capable slot player in the offense and, and get them going. So, you know, I, I think utilizing the talent that they do have on offense, they got to do a better job here. Some of it's on Zach. There's been plays that have been called that he's just missed, and there's no doubt you can't blame Matt LaFleur for everything or Mike LaFleur for everything. But I, I think some of the issues has been play calling, and you hope that post-bye week they can fix it now going forward. Absolutely. I think you bring up a lot of good points there. And something that I think has been a little bit of a pleasant surprise for me in more recent weeks is even with the Makai Becton injury, I think the offensive line's been okay. So what's your overall just take on the state of the offensive line and then about, you know, Makai Becton coming back towards the end of the year? Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, no one's complaining about the O-line right now. And it felt like that was going to be the, the Achilles heel for this offense. It turns out it's, it hasn't been that at all. It's just been simple plays and some turnovers and whatnot. The offensive line the last couple of weeks has played well. I think a lot of that is because Elijah Vera Tucker is a beast. Like, if you go look at the grades the last couple of weeks that PFF hands out, Elijah Tucker has been one of the best, if not the best, you know, guard in the NFL. So, you know, I, I challenge anyone that's still calling out the Jets for trading a third-round pick to – move up to get the best guard in the class. You know, where are those people right now? I mean, you look at this O-line, in theory, with Becton coming back, Vera Tucker, you seemingly have a solid right tackle, Morgan Moses. Like, if the Jets could go out there in the offseason or the draft and add, you know, a center or an interior offensive lineman on the right side of the offensive line, you're going to be feeling really good about where this line is going forward. Uh, getting Becton back will be huge. He just has to stay on the field. You know, a lot of people are, are criticizing Joe Douglas for that 2020 draft class. And I think it deserves some criticism. It's still very early. I'll tell you what, though. If Becton comes back and plays well, I can live with the results of the rest of the class because Becton plays such a premium position that if he, come, if he comes back and plays well, it's going to be tough for me to criticize Douglas's 2020 draft when he nailed arguably the most important offensive position not named quarterback and left tackle. That's a great point when talking about the 2020 class. And it is still early, like you said. I think the jury's still out on a lot of it there. I want to transition and get into the defense a little bit here because they, they've surprised me in a good way. I think they've been a little bit better uh, than I anticipated. Is that the same for you? 
No doubt. I, I mean, if you asked me coming into the year, what would be the Jets' strength? I figured offense would kind of lead the way and they'd be playing in some games that would be high scoring just because I just didn't know what to expect from the defense. You had arguably the best player on the defense out before the year even started in Carl Lawson. Then you think, all right, well, C.J. Mosley's coming back. He's really good. Okay. Well, he hasn't played in two years. Well, he's looked every bit as good as the guy that we saw you know, uh, pre-injury and, and, you know, pre-COVID opt-out last season. So he's been sensational. And then what I think has surprised basically every Jeff fan is just how good the secondary's been, even with some injuries there, right? LaMarcus Joyner never plays for this team, and he was a free agent signing. Marcus May gets hurt, and they've still have figured out a way because of the play of guys like Hall and Eccles and Michael Carter, the corner. They've found guys in that secondary that you feel really good about uh, going forward. And, and, and Hall, I think, has been the biggest surprise. I think he had talent. We knew that, you know, being drafted in the fifth round, he probably was, you know, a higher valued pick had he not gotten hurt in college. But he's made some plays, and he grades out as one of the better corners in the NFL to this point. So I think that's been, you know, such a surprise to seeing how well this defense has played. London game was standing. That was their worst game. But, you know, the previous four games, you know, they went out there and they certainly gave the Jets a chance to win and compete even in the games they lost. Absolutely. And, you know, for our conversation today, one of the positions I had circled was corner that you just brought up here. Why do you think they've been so good early on this year? I think some of it is the Jets knew they had some talent there that we kind of didn't see. I mean, even at the end of last year, we did see some some signs from some of these guys. I don't know how many people were really like locked in paying attention because the team was awful and you were just like hoping to get through the Gase error and get set for the offseason. But you know, Hall made some plays at the end of last year. He had some experience. I think maybe what was eye-opening is the Jets basically told you they liked their corner group when they released Bless Austin before the year started. Like, we all were surprised by that because Bless had been playing a lot the last couple seasons. But it just shows you they had confidence in the guys they had back in there that they were, you know, willing to release a guy that actually had some starting experience in that defense. Um, you know, I also think you got to give a lot of credit to the coaching. You know, for years we've asked for coaches that can come in and develop players, can scheme guys um, to make them effective players, make them better. And I think Sala has done a really good job with that group. But I think Jeff Ulbrich has done an outstanding job with that group who was hired by Robert Sala. So some coaching deserves credit. Uh, I, you know, I hope it, it can be sustainable. I hope it holds up. I, I still think when you look at this team going forward, if they were to add another elite corner to that secondary, that could take this defense to a whole different level. Perhaps maybe one of the two first-round picks they have uh, this year could be used on an elite corner. So they're still growing defensively, but there's no doubt this defense is overachieved. And I think a lot of that's because maybe there's more talent than we realize. And I also think they're being really well coached thus far through five games. Absolutely. And looking at the defensive line, one player in particular who I think was asked to have a little bit of a bigger role this year in John Franklin Myers has looked really, really good and cashed in with a new contract. Just what are your thoughts on his play so far this year and just on the extension from Joe Douglas as well? Yeah, he's played really well. And I'm happy they signed him because I think it sends the right message to the locker room that, hey, you know, if you play well, we're going to keep our own. Like there's a narrative that I think didn't think was fair to Douglas that, oh, well, he never wants to sign anybody that's already on the team. And it's like we got to look at each individual circumstance and, that, and not have, you know, uh, you know, a complete, you know, a statement that sums up the rest of the team. Like you can't say, oh, he doesn't want to sign anyone because he traded Sam Darnold. Like that was obvious. We all understood why that trade happened or because he traded – you know, Jamal Adams, like any Jet fan that's angry at the Jamal Adams trade, you're a fool. I mean, it's one of the greatest trades in the history of the NFL, getting two first round picks, a third round pick, and then not having to pay him $17.5 million a year. I mean, go look at how Jamal Adams is playing for a two and four Seattle team and then come back to me. So, you know, you got to understand that like every trade was made for a reason. So I think signing a guy like Franklin Myers puts the bed that silly narrative because A, he plays a premium position. B, Douglas found him off waivers, so it's a good job by the scouting department bringing him in. And then C, you're rewarding one of your own who, who's gone out there and played well. So he's a foundational piece on this defense, and I think it's a real good sign going forward that they locked him up long term. Absolutely. And, you know, you talked a little bit about, uh, you know, signing guys or extending your own players. And coming up at the start of November here, you're going to have the trade deadline. Is there anyone you think the Jets are going to sell off, should sell off, or anything like that? 
I'm open to trading just about anyone, but it depends on the value. Like, I don't want to trade Marcus May. I'm only, I'm only going to get like a sixth round pick. Like, I don't know if that, 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 that's worth it. Now, if you could get, if you're telling me you're getting a second or a third, all right, I'll, I'll listen. And I think the one thing that Jet fans should have confidence in is that Joe Douglas is not going to get ripped off. Like, he's not just going to trade guys for the sake of trading them. You know, that's the one thing we could say he's done a really good job at as being a GM. He's basically won every trade he's made. I mean, getting a fourth round pick for Chris Herndon is a remarkable trade. The guy just scored his first touchdown, you know, th this past week with the Vikings. He's done nothing to that point. You got a fourth-round pick for him. So, you know, I, I, I would say if a team calls about Marcus May, you listen. If a team calls about Keelan Cole, you listen. Tevin Coleman, you listen. Jamison Crowder, I don't know if I'm trying to move him, but I would listen to see if a team, you know, maybe wants him, especially because then it opens up that slot full-time for Elijah Moore, and I don't think Crowder is part of the long-term plan. For this team so I would listen on those guys but I'm not trying to just actively trade everyone like I'm not I'm not trading guys away for fifth and sixth round picks if someone's willing to give you a two or a three you know maybe a fourth that's a conditional pick that could turn into a third all right I'll listen but I don't think the Jets need to be in fire sale mode this team's not tanking this team's trying to grow and you want to help Zach Wilson you know win as many games as possible to kind of build up his confidence going into year two now, on the flip side, kind of on the same you know, wavelength here in the, in the trade deadline, the Jets have a ton of draft capital because of the moves that Joe Douglas has made, and he set them up really nice so that they get a little bit creative. Are you interested at buying at all, like maybe bringing in a tight end here, or are you good with just kind of riding it out at that position for the rest of the season? You know, it's interesting. If they were going to do that, I feel like the time to have done that would have been right now, like during the bye week so you could get someone up to speed. And because they didn't do it, I don't see that happening. Now, if someone falls into their lap, all right, you know, you always got to be, you know, keeping your options open if you're Joe Douglas, but I, I don't see the scenario where that would happen. I don't know what tight end is out there, right? Zach Ertz was the guy a lot of Jet fans wanted. Well, he got dealt and th that's over with now. So I don't know who that player is. I hear OJ Howard, but if you look at OJ Howard, man, he really hasn't done much. I think he's just a name because he's a former first round pick. So people fall in love with names. I don't know if there's that guy out there. I mean, if, you, if you've got a player, though, Matt, and you think it makes the Jets better and it doesn't cost them a ton, I'm all for it because they certainly need to continue to add, you know, talent to this team going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm with you on O.J. Howard. I think he's a little overrated because of where he was selected in the NFL draft. Now, uh, this upcoming week, a little bit of a tough matchup against the New England Patriots. Uh, didn't go as well uh, the first time. What do they have to do different to have a shot this week? Well, I think the, the easy thing is, all right, Zach Wilson, don't throw four interceptions, three of them in the first half, because you're not going to win uh, if that were to happen. You know, I'll say this about the Patriots. Clearly, they're a good football team, right? They got a Hall of Fame coach. But the thing is, like, the NFL is so week to week, and without them having Brady, we got to, like, program ourselves to not just be like, oh, automatic loss. The Jets don't have a chance because they're going into Foxborough. Like, that's not the case anymore. Like, the Miami Dolphins went in there, and they won week one. I watched the Patriots up close when they played the Texans a few weeks ago, and they were down 22-9 to in that game. And if the Texans coaching staff didn't implode with horrendous decisions in that one, New England loses to the Texans, who might be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team, in the NFL. So I'm not going to sit here and predict a Jets victory because it's tough to go in there and win. But I'm not going to sit here and say that they don't have a chance. Like, if the Jets go into Foxborough, the way they win – is by not turning the ball over, getting the offense going in the first half. And I really think their defense will keep them in the game. The defense will allow the Jets to compete. It's going to be on Zach Wilson and this offense to go out there and make some plays happen. Like this New England defense, you could beat them over the middle. You could beat them with some deep shots. Like Dak just did it for the Cowboys by picking them apart. Like the Jets got to let Zach Wilson take some chances downfield and you know, Zach Wilson's got to reward them for letting him take some chances by taking care of the ball. So it's a two-way street. I think it's going to be a closer game than probably a lot of people expect. Yeah, that's a lot of – some good points there. Though Something that I wanted to get your take on is because it's been a little bit of a media narrative for a while here. Uh, do you think that it's a little bit overblown what Mac Jones has done in New England so far? He's played well. I don't want to, like, poo-poo it because then I get, I get accused of just being, like, a Patriot hater or, or whatnot. But I feel like some of the things Mac Jones is doing, we're talking about it like he's Tom Brady. We're talking about it like, you know, he's the, it's, the, it's the greatest rookie quarterback play we've ever seen. And it's like, yeah, there's been some good throws. Like, I don't want to, like, completely, like, like, tear down what he's done. But I also watch a lot of these games, and it's a lot of dinking and dunking. It's a lot of checkdowns. You know, they're not asking him to do a whole lot because he's on a good team with a good defense. And they don't make mistakes. So it's like they're going to be in all these games. Like, I would really like to see what happens when Mac Jones 
has to drop back, has to go down the field and go and go make a bunch of plays. Like he really hasn't had to to do that to this point. There haven't been that many examples of it. Like he's played well, but like go back to that game against the Jets. You know, he didn't complete a pass longer than 20 yards in that game. So it was like, oh, Mac Jones did this and that. It's like he's playing within their offense, which is what he's supposed to do. It's what he's asked to do. So I feel like maybe there's been a little too much hype with Mac Jones, but I can't deny he's played well. He's, he's looked good when they've needed him to, you know, drop back and execute their offense. But I don't think the Jets are going into Foxborough and they're facing, you know, vintage Peyton Manning or vintage Tom Brady, right? Like I think Mac Jones is a rookie and, and he'll probably make a couple of mistakes and be nice if the Jets defense could do something they haven't really done much of the year. They, they bend and not break. How about they force a couple turnovers and really, you know, impact the game that way? That'd be really nice. I'd love to see that this week. Jake, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow along? Social media, very easy. It's just my name, Jake Asman. All you got to do is just follow at Jake Asman on Twitter and Instagram. And then if you like the Jets and if you're watching Matt's great channel, I'm guessing you like the Jets. I'm also on YouTube, just at Jake Asman. Just Google my name, subscribe, and that's where you can get daily Jets videos. Love it. Absolutely. Make sure to check out Jake. He does awesome content on the New York Jets on YouTube. Jake, thank you so much for coming on with me today. Really appreciate it. Matt, anytime, man. Love when you come on my show. So happy to return the favor anytime. Thanks again to Jake for coming on with me. As always, just a blast to get the conversation going with him. And it was awesome to meet him in person a few weeks ago down in Houston. So if you haven't checked out his stuff, please make sure to do that as you follow along with him on YouTube and Twitter and all that fun stuff. So let's get into it in the voicemails. We are going to get it started with Ed in RVC out on Long Island. Not too far from me, actually. Uh, He wants to talk a little bit about the offense. Ed, what do you got for us this week? Matt, this is uh, Ed from Rockford Center, Long Island. Um, I have an idea in terms of starting the offense uh, early in the game. First of all, I think the uh, the Jets should have a complete script of 15 or so play, uh, plays and then run them without huddle. Obviously, you know, if they don't make a first down, you know, they in between that, they have to do something different. But I think mixed in with that, I have an idea that one way to get Mims on the on the uh, in the game is have him at, uh, in a tight end position and run a few plays um, with him as a tight end. I mean, we know he can block. Uh, he certainly can get open and he can catch. Um, so if you mix that in with you know 15 scripted plays at the beginning, ran a no huddle offense during that period of time, I think it might you know get the offense uh, in gear. Go Jets! Love it. Um... You sold me on two out of those three things. I, I don't know if I want to line up Denzel Mims as a tight end. Now, I do think he could do more than just lining up outside. Like, if he wants to line up as a big slot or if they want to use him as a big slot, okay. Um, I, I just don't know if using him as an inline tight end is something that's as simple as, okay, just line up there and, you know, we practiced it for a week and a half and then by week and we're going to be good to go. I, if, if it is great, I mean, you probably have a higher ceiling than any of the tight ends currently on the roster. I just don't know how likely that really is. But the script early on with some tempo, give me that, please. I love when the Jets go up tempo. It's very, very difficult to defend against when teams do it or, you know, when for opposing defenses. So, yeah, I'm all about it. I, again, I, I think it's important to get in a rhythm for this Jets team. They haven't been able to do that on offense for at the start of games, really, uh, this year. They've come on strong a little bit in the second half, but in the first half, it's been ugly. So if you want to tell me or sell me rather on playing with some tempo and uh, getting this thing going, I'm all, I'm all for that, Ed. You, you sold me on that part, so I agree with you there. We're going to go to Jason in New Jersey. He wants to talk about some Marcus May trade proposals. Let's do it. Hey, Matt, what's going on? Uh, this is Jason from Jersey. So I know a lot of people are probably calling about uh, trade proposals for Marcus May. Well, how about this one? He wants to go to a contender? Sure, let's focus on the Bucks. Now, I know a lot of people are probably saying, well, let's trade Marcus May for O.J. Howard. Well, how about Chris Godwin? How about Marcus May in a draft pick, like maybe a fourth? For Chris Godwin, look, he's 25. He's on the franchise tag. Who knows if the Bucks are going to want to sign him long-term after this year. Now, especially with the rise of Antonio Brown, it seems like he's become the favorite of Tom Brady's. 
look, I don't know. I don't know if that'll get it done, but it'll be something that could definitely be an upgrade for Zach Wilson. Nothing more important than developing him right now, having him with Corey Davis. Also, we don't know what's going on with Jameson Crowder at the end of the year. Having him, Elijah Moore, like, this could be something. I don't know. I don't really know if that will get it done, but let me know what you think, and uh, love the channel, bro. Thanks. Really appreciate it, Jason. I love Chris Godwin. I just don't see, like, why why would Tampa Bay want to give him up? And I know your case was, well, they might not sign him long term. And you're you're right. They might not bring him back. There's probably a good chance that they don't. They're trying to win a Super Bowl this year. A, a team that is fighting for a Super Bowl isn't going to sell off big pieces like that. Uh, now, will they maybe try to trade for Marcus May and give up a draft asset or a future asset? Probably. You, if they if they could fit it in cap wise, that that would make sense. But giving off one of their better roster players and a draft pick. I don't see as very likely. Um, I don't see, I just don't think Tampa Bay is going to be looking to trade roster or any contender for that matter is going to be looking to trade a roster player for a roster player. It's going to be a future for a roster player. Um, I think that's why it's rare that you see player swaps mid season uh, in today's NFL. Cause more often than not, it's a team that's out of contention trading off anything for a future consideration. Um, so I don't have that as very likely, Jason. Brian is calling in. He's from Atlanta. He wants to talk about true Jet fans. What makes people true Jet fans? Hey, Matt. This is Brian from Atlanta. What's up, dude? Uh, I've been watching you for a while. Uh, two quick things. Uh, first thing is um, I've been a Jet fan for many a year, season ticket holder. Back in the 90s, moved away, still a Jet fan. Love it. And uh, I'm just sick and tired of people saying that True Jet fans are, or true Jet fans are the ones that are sticking with the team and not giving up. The true Jet fans are the ones that are out here that are just tired of seeing the same old product put on the field. Give us something that we can watch, that we can cheer for, at the end of a game in the fourth quarter. Give us something that's that we want to give money to. We're just tired of seeing the same old crap. But anyway, my my question for you is sort of a joking question which I put down in the comments a couple times is Gase is still on the payroll so can't we bring him in and at least script the first 15 plays of each <laughs> half because it's obvious LaFleur has no idea what he's doing uh, the, the way they're using the personnel and the plays that they're calling and how they're using Zach <laughs> have LaFleur at least go watch some TV and, and have him watch and see how Mac Jones is being handled at least then maybe we can get a game started and start coming down the field and not having our defense out there for the whole first half. So, yeah, let's bring Gase back, put him as the uh, the script specialist. Okay. Uh, he's, he's being paid anyway. Might as well put that money to good use. Uh, appreciate everything you do. I'll talk to you later. Really, really appreciate it, Brian. Uh, I get it. Gate, I don't love gatekeeping uh, on the fandom. Um. I might sometimes get in the habit of doing that, I guess, too. I, I think everyone does to an extent. But you, you should be able to root how you want to root. Um, and Jeff fans are frustrated. They have every right to be frustrated with this team. They've missed the playoffs for what? It's going to be 11 years in a row? Since 2011 through 2021, they're going to miss the playoffs? Yeah, it's frustrating. Jeff fans should be frustrated for that. They deserve better. Uh, and with the Gase thing, yeah, man. Why, why not? Let's have Gase do the opening script. And then he he gets ejecto seated ejecto seated from the from the booth, and then you bring him right back and do the same thing the next week. There you go. Why not? NYJ Matt, right? Or NYJ Mike? Oh my God! Who, who, no, it was Matt. I was right the first time. I don't know why I second guessed myself. He made up the rumor that he was coaching a high school team. Lincoln was it? Lincoln High School. <laughs> Legendary stuff. Legend. Yeah, why not? Have him do the opening script. Sure. Uh, let's go to Box in the Bronx. Let's do it, man. Hey, Matt. This is Box from the Bronx. What's up, dude? I'm calling in. I'm not going to be an angry Jets caller because I've seen them just been watching your stuff, but I was thinking, why don't the Jets just start going all out? You know, 
Why don't we, uh, let's trade for Odell Beckham. Why don't we spend some money? Forget all the trading draft picks. Why don't we actually spend some money? I didn't expect us to do good this year anyway, but, you know, I was just hoping to see the offense do better. And why doesn't Robert Sala sit Mike LaFleur down a little bit? Remember when Rex Ryan put the red the red light, yellow light, green light? I do. Well, somebody's going to have to sit this guy down just for a second because um, this offense is not really going the way we want it to. We're not seeing no run game. We're not seeing no tight ends. And um, I'm not like uh, like a lot of people would think Croft and uh, Kraft or whatever his name is and the other tight end was whack. Because I've seen Dustin Keller as our best tight end back in the days. Keller was good. I think we need to, you know, just work in some plays. We're not even working in plays. You don't see no screens. I've seen the Patriots beat people with screens. I know you've seen that too. Oh, yeah. So it's like, what are we doing? What's our plan? What's the game plan? I've seen that even on um, Sports and What. What is the Jets' game plan? There ain't no game plan. Even if you say we came out flat in London, anything. Okay, that could happen. You know what I mean? A whole flight, everything, anything, any day. You could wake up and you don't feel it. But there is no game plan for the Jets. It's like hopefully Zach Wilson, this young kid, could do something amazing so we could win games. So... I just think the Jets need to start spending that cash. You know what I mean? Chandler Jones, what are we waiting for? You know what I mean? Like, we got uh, Shaq Lawson. I haven't seen him since. You know what I mean? Like, so, it's like, why are we not spending that cash? Don't waste all the draft picks, but we need to start spending some cash. So, what do you think? Talk to you later. Spend that cash, baby. Um... (laughs) <laughs> I love that energy. I don't think they're going to make any trades to buy. But if you want to, in season I'm talking about. But in the off season, buy? Yeah, sure. They just not, they're not a team that's going for it. If you're not going for it this year, you're not going to buy midseason. I, 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 and for right now, the Browns and the Cardinals, two players you mentioned, Odell on the Browns, and uh, on the Cardinals, Chandler Jones. Cardinals are 6-0. They're not trading Chandler Jones right now. They're not. If he's a free agent, different story. Same thing with Odell. The Browns are a contending team. They're going for it. They're not going to want to sell off feces. That's the thing. you got to look at it from both sides here of not only, okay, this is going to help the Jets and this is something that the Jets need, but what is the benefit for the other team too? Right? Like those teams, the Browns, and uh, the Cardinals that we just mentioned, or the Bucks earlier with Godwin, they want to win. They're not going to necessarily sell off a, a piece that's part of the reason why they're winning. It just it, it doesn't work like that. So unfortunately, Box from the Bronx, I think we're going to have to wait to the offseason, my friend. Max, New Jersey's next. He's got a mock draft. What do you got, bud? Hi, this is Max from Homeland, New Jersey. Even though the Jets have a bye week, um, I'm going to do an early 2022 mock draft. So oh. you did a video and you said um, with the third pick you would take like, Evan Neal. I have to disagree on you with this one. Even though the Jets do need offensive line, I think the Jets should draft Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton set the safety. Even though Evan Neal is a good prospect, Kyle Hamilton is a generational safety prospect. Even though we took Jamal Adams a couple years ago, the trade has been, even though we got a lot of picks for Jamal, we haven't had a sensational safety since Jamal M. So I think you, you should draft Kyle Hamilton because I saw highlights of him. He looks uh, unreal. He looks really good. Reminds me of Ed Reed and Darrell Revis. And with the 13th pick, I agree with you on Tyler Linderbaum. I 100% agree with you. I, he looks like a beast out there. I, I, what's your thoughts on Kyle Hamilton? Go Jets. Oh, man. Um, He's a great player. He is a really, really good player. I would be upset if Joe Douglas used a pick that high on a safety. I don't think they're going to do it, man. They would have paid Jamal Adams if they valued the safety position that highly. They're getting by just fine right now with guys pretty much off the street. 
And Marcus May is probably not going to be back. I mean, if you want to take a safety in the middle rounds, fine. I think that would make sense for this team based on how we've seen Joe Douglas allocate his resources. I would be downright stunned if he took a safety in the top 10. With the amount of needs on this team, I think I'd be upset if they took a safety that high. O-line, tight end, edge, corner, should all be linebacker, should all be positions that are called before safety. And I get it. He, he, is a, he could be a generational player. I understand all that. I, I just don't see the value in the position. I don't, especially not that high. It's like the Saquon Barkley to the Giants argument from 2018. Same thing. Atlanta drafting Kyle Pitts at four and not trading back. Same thing. It doesn't make sense. Sorry, Max. You didn't sell me on that one. Vinny and Peak Skill is up next. He wants to talk Mac Jones. It's Patriots week. Let's talk Mac. Hey, Matt. It's Vinny from Peak Skill. What up? What up? I decided to wait till after the bye to talk to you and need a week to decompress. I wanted to make a comment on your Mac Jones rant. I agree with you completely. He really is overrated. I mean, outside of today where they finally let him rip it out, he really hasn't done much to wow. He's done just the bare minimum. And you're only going to go so far with that. And the worst part is it's not the worst part is not the announcers gushing about him. It's Patriots fans deluding themselves with fantasies of him being the second coming of Tom Brady. Now that is annoying. True. I mean, let's be honest here. He doesn't have the luxury of a mediocre division, nor the luxury of stability at head coach for the foreseeable future that Tom has. But that aside. Also want to talk about this upcoming week. Okay. The Patriots are now 0-4 at home. And I know you and I and every other Jets fan would love to make that 0-5. And there's some things we got to do. I, and I think the Jets have a fair shot in this game. The only reason they had a chance in the Cowboys game was the incompetence of Mike McCarthy. Competent coaching, they get blown out. I didn't really think there was that much wow there from them. I think the keys are, number one, I think, obviously, get Mike LaFleur in the coaching booth. Get him comfortable. If he's more comfortable there, he's going to be a better job of running the offense. Number two, get more and Mims in the play, the, the ball. These two are explosive players, and if we can get them the ball, this offense is going to function a hell of a lot better. And number three, make Mac Jones's day a living hell. Uh, that's all. One quick thing I'm going to ask you. Since next week's show is the last show before Halloween, would you like me to be festive and call in oh, a boy. creepy voice? And if you do want me to... The hint is he comes around once every 27 years. 27. Thank you, and go Jets. I'm not really a Halloween guy. Uh, I will go out on a limb and say that Halloween, after trick-or-treating years, so once you are no longer socially acceptable to go out trick-or-treating, Halloween stinks. I'm sorry. I'm not a, I'm not a scary movie guy. I don't like haunted houses. Not my thing. Candy for trick-or-treating? Fun. I don't need an excuse to put on a costume and go out drinking, man. Or in the college years, man. It just adds an extra layer, an extra element to it. I don't need it. It's fun for kids. Love it. Halloween, dressing up, getting free candy? Hell yeah. But as you get older, not really my thing. So I don't know who you're hinting at. But if you want to, all you men, um, as far as it goes with this week's game, New England is clearly not the New England Patriots of old. But I, I really have a hard time 
seeing the Jets go on the road and win in New England. I do. They haven't done it since 2008. A rookie quarterback has never beaten Bill Belichick at home. There's a lot of things going against the Jets at this week. To your credit, if you want to say this is the week for an upset, they've had two weeks to look at film. Zach Wilson's seen this defense once already. Maybe that would be enough. I hope it is. I would love to come on after the game Sunday and say, boy, was I wrong. Zach Wilson played great. The Jets played great. The Patriots aren't very good, and, and I don't I don't think the Pats are that good. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year, but I, I just don't like I don't like this one on the road. I li- I like them at home. I thought okay, maybe you'd have a shot at home and I mean in, in that one if the Jets don't turn the ball over four times, maybe they they're in that game. If they get a call go their way on the opening drive, maybe it goes a little bit more their way. On the road in New England? Oh, I don't know. A lot of bad memories, Vinny. I hope you're right. I pray you're right, Vin. I don't know. Bobby, California, trade deadline. What do you got for us, bud? Matt, what's up, man? Uh, this is Bobby calling in from California. Um, I just want to ask you, uh, with the trade deadline coming up soon, I think I think most of us expect for Joe Douglas to uh, try to flip players for draft picks if he ends up flipping them at all. Um, but I was just wondering, if we do end up going for like player-to-player trade, what kind of positions do you want to see targeted? And are there any uh, any specific players you want to see on the Jets? Uh, let me know, man. Love the show. Keep up your good work. And go Jets. Yeah, I don't – I mean, we, this has kind of been the theme already, and I appreciate it, Bobby. I, I don't think that a, a, a player swap is, is likely because if you're trading them to a contender, then they're not going to want to give up the pieces. And the only one that I've seen brought up a ton of O.J. Howard – O.J. Howard's not that good. O.J. Howard for Marcus May, I think that's not the best value for the Jets. I would almost rather the third at that point. Um, I don't I, I don't think that they trade a, a player for a player. I don't think they're going to be looking to bring in guys at the deadline. I don't. Maybe one or two goes via trade and you get a pick back. But I'd be very surprised if Joe Douglas is wheeling and dealing and getting players in here. I just don't. Based on what we've seen so far, I don't think that's how he's going to operate. Mario from Long Beach is up next. Wants to get into Darnold? Let's do it. Hey, Matt. This is Mario from Long Beach. What's um, up, dude? Today is Monday. I was listening to your uh, video on uh, the Jets' draft pick uh, being in a better position based on what happened with uh, Seattle and uh, Seattle and um, Darnold the over the weekend by them losing. Uh you were you were sort of ragging on Donald, uh, a little bit. and I feel like a couple of things you said were not really fair, or you were not disclosing everything. First of all, okay. you were talking about his touchdown and his turnovers, but you failed to say that he leads the league in touchdowns rushing at five. You also failed to say on that game, I believe that the uh, that his team Carolina dropped more passes, like seven or eight, that more than any team did in the last several years. So before, you know, you pass a judgment on how bad he's playing, you have to take that into consideration, too. So uh, uh, please uh, clarify that to your viewers. Bye. Sure thing. Uh, If you take out half of those eight, so let's say there's only four drops, his completion percentage would have went up to 51.2. And he still has seven turnovers in the last three games. I don't know what we're doing. Um, Thank you, Mario, for calling in. Ben in New Jersey, he's got some trades as well. What's up, Matt? It's Ben from Jersey. Before I start off this voicemail, I just want to have a quick moment of silence for the Minnesota Vikings, Carolina Panthers, and Seattle Seahawks, as they were recently victims of a Joe Douglas police thing, a truly horrible crime committed by him, but their own fault that they accepted that trade. Minnesota traded the fourth round pick for a tight end who has one reception for them. They also traded uh, they also traded the fourteenth pick, which became the man known as Elijah Vera Tucker, for a middle rank Christian Derisaw, 
a third-string quarterback, and an injured guard. The Panthers, we know, traded a second-round pick, which is probably going to end up in the 40s, along with the fourth and the sixth, for a mediocre and best quarterback showing his flaws right now. And the Seattle Seahawks, we know what, we know what happened there. We traded we traded the best in the nation for two first-round picks, a third and Bradley McDougald. And right now, with Jamal Adams getting hit in the head, which could have been the game-winning pick, that dropped them to 2-4. And, and it looks like they're on a they're on a runaway train to a bad record, and hey, that's good for us. Yeah, man. Uh, you love to see it. Right now, we're sitting at pick six and ten. That's good in the draft, and I think we also have pick thirty eight and forty six via us in Carolina. So four yes. top fifty picks in this draft. It's a pretty damn good start to the rebuild, I would say. I mean, that's all I really have. Just wanted to cool. give my praise to Joe Douglas. I know he's made some mistakes in the past. His recent signings haven't always worked out, but his trades have been so good and just put us in the right spot to succeed in the future. That's all I got to say. Let me know what you think. And as always, go Jets. I want to pull it up, and I appreciate it, and I agree with pretty much everything you were saying there in your in your call. You brought up a lot of good points. His trades have been really good. Um, and I, I've enjoyed uh, his trade so far. Um, and you're right; there hasn't been it hasn't been a hundred percent. Like I agree with everything he does, but a majority I, I've I've liked. And there's been some flaws along the way. But look at um, Boy Green on Twitter. I was just on his show yesterday, so check that out too. He tweets out: I just stumbled into Jets GM Do- Joe Douglas's trade history, and wow, he's a goddamn thief. He says, shout out to NYJ Reddit. I guess that's where he got it from. These are his trades. We'll go through. Perry Nickerson for a conditional seventh, which wasn't met. I mean, Perry Nickerson, whatever. Leonard Williams in 2019 for a 2023rd and 2021 fifth. Good. Very good trade. Jamal Adams for a 2020. Oh, I'm sorry. Jamal Adams and a 2022 fourth for a 2021 first, third, 2022 first, and a starting safety in McDougal. 2020, okay, here we go. Willis, Jordan Willis for a 2021 seventh and 2022 sixth. That's wild that he was able to fetch that for Jordan freaking Willis. Avery Williamson for a 2022 seventh. Oh, I'm sorry. Avery Williamson and a 2022 seventh for a 2022 fifth. Great value there. Steve McClendon and a 2022, uh, a 2023 seventh, excuse me, for a 2022 sixth. Darnold and a sixth for a 2022 second and 2022 fourth and Chris Herndon and a 2022 sixth for a 2022 fourth. That's a lot of twos in there to say. And it was very hard to say, but the point being of his trades, he's made out like gangbusters on all of them. He's been really good at trading. I'm not ready to give up the, uh, on the 2020 class. And I think the 2021 class has the potential to be very, very good. And he's has a ton of ammo, as as mentioned in this call, four top fifty picks. And here's the thing: you don't have to make all, however many picks. What do they have? Nine, ten, eleven picks in this upcoming draft? Don't have to make them all. You could do what you did with Elijah Vera Tucker and use some of your assets and trade up and get a player that you have circled on your board, like an Elijah Vera Tucker, who, guess what? After two games, wasn't a bust, or however long it was, what he struggled two, three weeks. He's been excellent now for the New York Jets recently. So. Uh, yeah, not a bad move on his part. We're going to end on a high note. Let's go to Travis in Ohio. Travis, what do you got for me, bud? Hey, Matt! Yo! Travis from Ohio. What's up, man? Hey, buddy. Just watched your recent video on how Carolina and Seattle losing helps our draft stock, and we kind of talked about that last week. And it's weird seeing Gino and Sam play for those guys, and after against someone, even though they're former Jets, I still kind of want to see them do all right. I I, I understand. Don't hate either one, even though Gino got his jaw broke by a former teammate, which is kind of sad. But pretty Jets. Anyway, um, kind of ushered in the fifth magic here when we went ten and six. Last damn good year we've had. So. It was kind of a mixed blessing, I guess. But 
Um, anyway, uh, it, I also agree it was super nice not having a game this weekend. Being yeah, it was five. good. Like, he got to sit back and watch Miami lose, New England lose, Carolina and Seattle, as we talked about, lose and help us. So, it wasn't all bad. And plus, we didn't lose. We didn't win, but hell, it, like you said, it was nice not having the stress. So, anyway, um, I hope our draft stock continues to improve. And I'm with you. I think that we can't keep having these big 10 plus player draft classes because obviously not all of them are hitting and we got to trade up or trade for players because quality over quantity and we haven't always hit on them so still hoping for that 2020 draft class because I did like it and I hope you are having a great one God bless Mrs. Wilson and love you, buddy. Bye. Good job. Bye. Love you, too. It's definitely weird rooting for, or I guess rooting against uh, Sam and Gino and Jamal because it's going to help out. That Maybe less Jamal because of just how much of a jerk he was on the way out. But that's definitely been been strange to just experience. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we talked about it with the trades that we just went through. They've kind of put themselves in a position where in this offseason – you could either A, package picks together and move up and get somebody, or trade some picks for an already established player. Like, for instance, in 2015, the Jets gave up late-round picks for Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall. They got a 10-6 and six season out of it. It all crashed and burned in 2016, but maybe, you know, you're able to supplement and trade for a, you know, an already established kind of player. Who that is, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not there yet. I have no idea who could be on the trade market, who's available, all that stuff. Don't know. But what I will say is you're giving yourself options, which is a good thing to have. I like having options. It's different for the New York Jets. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks again to Jake for coming on with me and hanging out. Please make sure to subscribe to my channel to his wherever you get the show really appreciate all the love and support thank you so much for tuning in today this has been episode 88 of just jets talk to you next time